0: Today on CityCast Chicago, I've said it before, I am a storyteller. Pre-pandemic, I was all around the city listening to people in clubs, bars, and theaters. These days, it's more like YouTube and TikTok, but I still love seeing the catharsis people get from sharing their own stories. Even sharing something that seems basic, like a meal or a recipe, can say a lot about who you are or where you come from, especially if you make a big life shift, like going vegan.
1: And I was worried that I wouldn't be able to eat Korean food anymore, because like many people, I assume that vegan food wouldn't be Koreanizable, essentially.
0: But Joanne Molinaro Koreanized it. She's Chicago's Korean vegan, and she's telling her story one TikTok at a time. It's Wednesday, June twenty-third. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. In 2016, Chicago attorney Joanne Molinaro started her Korean vegan blog. When she first started, she really just kind of stuck to sharing vegan recipes, everything from muffins to traditional Korean dishes. But when Joanne signed up for a little app called TikTok, and she started getting, well, let's say, a bit more
1: personal. I got made fun of a lot that day, but it wasn't until a few years later that I got made fun of for something I couldn't control. Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these, the kids chanted while pulling the corners of their eyes into slits. I wasn't Chinese or Japanese, but I couldn't change the way I looked. I gazed at the kids around me. I was outnumbered. There were far more of them with pale skin and light colored eyes and blonde or brown hair than those who looked like me, tan skin, black hair, and smaller black eyes. I could and would learn to speak
0: You see, she started sharing videos of herself cooking her recipes while telling stories about her family, about heartbreak, about making mistakes and learning from them. And people on TikTok love her videos. Nah, I'm for real. The Korean vegan has more than two million followers there. When did that shift happen? When did you say, I can share more personal stories while sharing these recipes.
1: So it started to change actually in 2017. I was incredibly disheartened to say the least by the November 2016 election and the shift in our White House and what that revealed to me about my fellow citizens and how they viewed issues on immigration and race. It was incredibly surprising and hurtful to me. As a result of that, I felt that with my tiny, teeny little platform, if you will, maybe I should start sharing more stories about my family with the hope that people who may have not been familiar with the immigrant story in the United States might start to view that story with more compassion and empathy.
0: For listeners who haven't watched your TikTok, can you give me a brief summary of that family history that you talk about?
1: Sure. So both my parents were born in what is now known as North Korea. Um, it wasn't North Korea at the time they were born, because the peninsula was still an undivided whole country, right? Um, and right before the beginning of the Korean War, my father escaped, you know, that region and you know, became uh, you know, a citizen of South Korea. And my mom similarly escaped that region literally on the very beginning of the Korean War and became a refugee in South Korea. They ultimately immigrated to the United States in their late 20s. And then I was born. My mom came to the U.S. with 800 bucks and a plan. She would become a registered nurse, send money home until she could sponsor her family and bring them to Chicago. She spoke no English and had no friends and spent all her time studying for her nursing exams, but she failed to pass her tests she called her what was it
0: like over this last year because you say a lot of it was inspired by that shift that took place in november 2016 but then even over the last year throughout the pandemic that rise in anti-asian violence and, and negative sentiments what was it like to be putting out these personal stories alongside what has to feel like an extremely tumultuous period
1: it is a very tumultuous and quite frankly traumatic period this past year and a half. And you know, really to put a fine point on it, Kobe, I started my TikTok because of what I saw in the BLM movement back in April of 2020. After the death of Ahmaud Arbery and then the death of George Floyd, I felt really depressed and like I was starting to fall into a little bit of despair. And so I joined TikTok not to be a content creator, but because I saw that there was a movement within young people on TikTok to really take ownership of their activism in a very exciting way that was actually effectuating real change in this narrative. And I wanted to see that like really close up. My messaging was becoming much more focused than it was perhaps when it started.
0: Did you see on TikTok uh, maybe a more receptiveness to you sharing these stories than you saw on Instagram? Because I know that TikTok, at least from my experience, feels at times like very welcoming, especially in the way that people interact in the comments. You know, is there something about TikTok that you just, you saw that this really is a place for people to kind of hear my stories and I feel comfortable to share them?
1: On Instagram, they were used to food bloggers, people who posted recipes. It was a function only. And I still get a lot of resistance from people. I don't want to hear the story. Just give me the freaking recipe. On TikTok, I don't get anything like that at all. They are there for the story. That's what they want. That's what they're hungry for. Not the food, but the person behind the food. And so there is a very different kind of receptiveness. Instagram was a playground for fantasies and to create aspirations that were completely unreachable. But now young people are saying, I don't want that. So I think what TikTok is providing is a complete departure from that. And I am definitely here for it. I was such a jerk to my dad during these weekly tutoring sessions. One time he was trying to explain how to do systems of equations and he kept saying longage, longage. And I had no idea what he was trying to say. And finally my mom in her perfect English said, he's trying to say language, Joanne. And I started laughing my face off at my dad's-
0: Stick around, Joanne tells us about her favorite Korean dishes and her thoughts on Chicago's vegan scene.
1: Here at CityCast Chicago, we love to read your reviews of the show. Like this one that says, There are so many Chicago stories you just do not get anywhere else. Fabulous work. Well, thank you for that. It's what we love to do. And leaving a review helps us do more of it. It makes it easier for your fellow Chicagoans to find the podcast and connect. So please rate and review CityCast Chicago wherever you can and share us with your friends. Thanks.
0: So bring us back to when you became vegan. You know, what traditional Korean dishes did you want to hold on to?
1: I remember the first thing I thought of was kimchi jjigae, which is a delicious kimchi stew. Kimchi itself is not vegan. And the stew is made primarily out of uh, bone broth or uh, pig bone broth. So it's like the most not vegan dish in the world. Um, And I immediately thought of that when my then boyfriend was like, I'm going to go vegan. And I think you should too. And I'm like, well, what about my kimchi chicken? (laughs) Um, And then a whole host of other foods like just kimchi or, you know, pork belly, which is hamgyeopsar. That's like literally my favorite food, not to mention, of course, Korean barbecue. These are the foods that I associated with happy times and hanging out with my family. And I was worried that I wouldn't be able to eat Korean food anymore because, like many people, I assumed that vegan food wouldn't be Koreanizable, essentially.
0: I wanted to ask a little bit about um, how you again, bring some of these ingredients together? Are there particular places in the city that you like to shop or farmer's market you like to visit?
1: We love Chungbu Shijang or Joonbu Market. If you go on 94, you'll see that big green sign with what looks like Korean writing on it. That is the big sign for the Korean grocery store. It's in Avondale, it's far from my house, so I usually only end up going there once a month and really have a very robust list of, <laughs> okay, these are the things that I'm going to need for a month. Okay? Can you tell me
0: about it? I'm, I've never been or I don't. I, I've probably seen the sign and driven right past it.
1: Look up as you're passing Montrose and you'll see it. It's a huge green sign. It's got a wide selection of all the Korean foods that I grew up eating, you know, whether it's like 70 different kinds of tofu to an entire aisle of different kinds of grains and like rice and beans and things like that to humongous green onions. You think you've seen a green onion? Not until you go into the Korean grocery store. I mean, you'll think, is this a leek or is this a green onion? (laughs) Um, You know, all of those wonderful foods and flavors. And then of course it's, you know, for me, It's always nice going to an establishment where I hear the Korean language being spoken freely and without reservation. It just makes me feel like I'm at home.
0: You said that there's still a robust vegan community offerings in Chicago. How have you seen it grow since you started the Korean Vegan back in 2016 to now five years later?
1: I am very proud of the city for really embracing plant-based cuisine. I know that, you know, the overwhelming majority of Chicagoans are still eating their meat and potatoes, but I love that they're being open enough to say, "Well, I'll try this impossible meat and potatoes." For example, True Foods I mean, what a beautiful restaurant. And now you're starting to see, you know, Polly G's is another great example. One of my favorite pizza places in the country, right? It's like half its menu is vegan, you know? And then they got vegan cakes from Pie Pie My Darling, who is literally a cake goddess, you know? And I mean, it's amazing. So to see sort of these stalwart You know, Chicago pizza, sausage, potato restaurants now starting to venture into plant based cuisine is very heartwarming and also incredibly reassuring about what that means for our planet going forward.
0: Joanne Molinaro, AKA the Korean vegan. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. You are as fantastic a guest as you are a cook and a storyteller. It was such an honor to talk to you today.
1: Well, thank you so much, Kobe. It is an absolute pleasure to hang out with you today. And I had so much fun and I genuinely cannot wait to check out your TikTok account.
0: Some good news to get you through. Anyone 12 and older is now eligible to get the COVID vaccine at the crib. The city announced that you can now set appointments for someone to come to your house and give you and your family some shots. Also, people who sign up will get a $50 Grubhub gift card. So get yourself a shot, then get you some five loaves or whatever local restaurant you like. Remember, for more Chicago stories, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. As always, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I don't know if this was the interview to do on a a smoothie stomach. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs)